Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly divorce podcast. We share the stories and experiences of divorce professionals. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about divorce and separation at divorcenet.ca. Hello again, everyone. I'm Darren Javog, host of Clean Break, the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting beside my co-host, as always, Tina Murray. You made me blush. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Darren. And uh, we have another new guest. I just love having new guests. I like the old ones coming back, but new guests are are good. It's fresh. Yeah, it keeps us energized. Yeah. So we have the pleasure of joining us today is Natalie Picard. She is the owner of Alt Divorce, which is an interesting, I, I think the name Alt maybe refers to alternative divorce. So I love that. Um, We've had lots of people on the show. We've talked about some of the different divorce processes, but today we have Natalie Picard on the show. And so welcome. Hello, thanks for having me. Yeah, so you are a divorce lawyer with a difference. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Tell Um, us a little bit about what what your divorce... um, how you approach divorces, where this idea kind of came from? Well, um, I really try and focus on the non-adversarial or the non-traditional. So keeping clients out of court. And at Alt Divorce, we have something that we've created, which is the Alt Divorce Way. It's an enhanced mediation process. Um, So what we do, I have um, somebody else that... um, works with me as a parenting mediator, Melissa Lafreniere, and she does all the parenting and the emotional piece. And I do all the financial piece as well. And then um, hopefully we might have Darren join us someday to do um, some of the financial stuff as well. So it's, it's, it's kind of similar to collaborative law, what we're doing. Um, It's just, my former business partner and myself, we loved collaborative law and we wanted to do tons of it, but not every family can afford that. So we decided to develop this enhanced mediation process um, where you're paying one professional at a time, as opposed to collaborative law, where you're paying a team of professionals um, all together. Um, So it's very similar. Um, and uh, we look at um, the emotional side of things. Um, Melissa and I do that together um, because as you probably know, um, divorce, uh, 80% of separation um, is emotional. So the 20% is law. So it's really important, not that we're doing therapy, but it's important to look at the emotional component because Sometimes um, somebody may take a position or may want, um, you know, I've had a case where um, clients both wanted a plastic patio table that, um, and it was exactly, and it was, it was hard to understand why, because you could have purchased one at Walmart for the same uh, for under a hundred dollars. It was emotional. There was an emotional reason um, for that. So when we dug into the emotional, then nobody wanted the patio set anymore. Um, So it was a really interesting outcome. But had we not, we could have spent um, 
uh, a lot of time just focusing on that and trying to resolve that at, you know, two professionals. This was a, a traditional case. So two professionals at perhaps three or $400 an hour. Um, so we, um, we were able to resolve that quite quickly. So let me, let me ask a question. You, you use the word enhanced mediation. Is there a difference between enhanced and regular mediation? Yes. Yes. There is. That's a really good question, Tina. Um, I'm so used to my own lingo and my own world that I'm, I created that I kind of forget that, you know, it's not that obvious. Yes, of course. So um, normally the regular, I, I hate to call it the regular mediation process or the other mediation process, um, you'll have one person doing everything. So the, uh, the mediator will do the parenting, the financial, everything. It's a one-stop shop, okay. but you're paying that professional. Let's say it's a senior mediator, maybe $400 an hour, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but by having different professionals, like having a parenting mediator, mediator they usually bill at a lower rate. Uh, I bill at a bit of a higher rate. So by having different people do different things at different rates, um, it's, it's really more cost effective. Um, and also it's more effective because um, the professional who's better suited to deal with parenting and emotional pieces right. is doing that work. So you right. you're not, you personally may not be a financial advisor, right? So you, you know what you exactly. know with law, but you don't necessarily know exactly. about finances. Yeah. And that's why I like to have somebody like Dar uh, Darren come in, in the end, when we're looking at all the different uh, pieces of the settlement, the mm -hmm. financial settlement, um, and that Darren can run some different scenarios, run some numbers, um, and it can tell us, is it a good outcome over 20 years for the client? And it's very powerful when the clients see that, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're just talking about it and explaining it and talking numbers, well, it's, it's, it's really hard to picture it. But when he comes in, and I've done this with other professionals uh, uh, like Darren, where they come in with their graphs and you can see, you know, the spouse, one spouse is going up here and one spouse is going down this way over 20 years. So, you know, oh, maybe scenario A is not the right one. Mm -hmm. So maybe we should be picking B or C. And it's interesting because, and I think I, I was telling you this, Darren, um, a friend of mine, uh, two, were two collaborative professionals. So we had a case where we thought the scenario with the spousal support was the best. Um, and when um, the financial expert came in with the numbers, the one that the lawyers thought was the best was not. It was another one and actually had no spousal support. Um, there was an exchange of the spousal support for, um, yeah, uh, well, exact, well, another piece of property. Mm. Um, so there was a different kind of settlement. And we could see that over 20 years, both spouses, the graph was going up this way. Yeah. So very, very powerful. So to have all these professionals together mm. and working, we work together as a team. And 
so I can consult with Darren on financial matters on, uh, for example, uh, notional cost of this position, the tax stuff. I can say, well, Darren, what do you think I'm using this percentage? Do you think it's a good percentage? Or, um, and he may say, oh, well, I think it would be a little bit higher, Natalie. So, and I can consult with Melissa as well. Um, you know, when uh, I might have a couple that, or one of the parties that I feel maybe is stuck somewhere in their grieving stages, I may speak to Melissa and say, uh, what do you think? Maybe we should do, um, maybe you should do some divorce coaching. So that, and that's a, a service that Melissa can offer as well. Mm -hmm. I know that many of the lawyers that I speak to, they always say, I'm not a very good therapist and I'm a very, I'm an extremely expensive yeah. therapist at my yeah. rate. <laughs> right. So they, they I, I think everyone, and, and Natalie, I was just uh, telling Tina on a previous podcast about collaborative process. I was saying one thing that I liked about it. And one thing that many of the people that, that many of the lawyers liked was being able to give away the stuff that they don't want to specialize yeah. in. Yeah, that they're right? not good at. That's, and... that they're, yeah, they're not professionals yeah. in. Mm -hmm. So it takes a little bit of the pressure off of being able to be everything to everyone. Mm -hmm. right? Exactly. And it's wonderful to work in a team and collaborate as mm -hmm. opposed to, um, and that's why I love doing non-traditional or non-adversarial because the adversarial stuff, it, there's no teamwork. You're mm -hmm. working against each other. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But with collaborative or the enhanced mediation model, um, we're really working together. Um, and I find it's the best service for the client because, you know, you have a bunch of experts that are collaborating, collaborating to help a family get the best possible solution. Mm -hmm. And it's not like with the adversarial model, it's there's always a winner and a loser. And, right. you know, mm -hmm. that's that's I personally I don't feel that that's right for families yeah. so that's why I find that families belong if at all possible or most of the cases can get resolved through mediation or collaborative law and it's unfortunate because very few cases need to go to court but they might go to court for the wrong reasons yeah, we, we were talking again on a previous podcast uh, about just that whole idea of the why Darren has some collaborative law training, right, just because it fits his personality to, to mm -hmm. be fair to everyone. And that's kind of one of the conversations we had uh, previously about that is that, you know, you could be making way more money if you were doing adversarial law, but... Yeah. You don't, but that's not who you are. You no, want to no. be the one that goes in and helps people come together in their separation, right? Mm -hmm. In their divorce. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and collaborate and have win-win for everybody, yeah. especially the kids. Because when the parents are winning or the parents are happy or they're not worried about finances, well, yeah. then it trickles down to the kids, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I'm glad that you bring that up because I had actually quit um, law altogether because of the adversarial side um i was practicing in an area that's uh, very 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 litigious and i thought that i had made a mistake um i eventually came back to law in 2004 and that's when i started doing i learned about mediation collaborative law and i thought my god where has this been all my life Mm -hmm. And I built something, I built all divorce, I've had other businesses, but 
all my businesses has have been built on my value system and also my staff everybody um, when we hired people we wanted them to have the same value system as well because mm -hmm. it's hard you're not you can't be happy if you're going against your values and and that's what I feel that I was doing in the past. It wasn't, it wasn't based on my values. So it didn't make sense for me. But now, and you're right, Tina, like I always say to people, hey, I live in a townhouse. I could be living in a huge house and driving X car. I drive a Kia. Um, <laughs> but you know what? I'm, I'm happy. I can look at myself in the mirror. And yeah. um, I know that I'm making a difference. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, the more money you make, the more money you spend, right? That's true. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of money, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we yeah, had some questions. Segue. Okay. So I, I did have a question in the mediation process. Is there a participation agreement like in collaborative law? Ah, that's a really good question. Um, actually, no. So in, in our um, mediation process, we have what's called an agreement to mediate, but it'll be, you'll have similar items in it. Um, okay. And I can send you one if you wanna look at it. Um, but, and it also outlines the role of the mediator. Okay. Um, and it also talks about, a lot of people confuse, get confused with the fact that I'm a lawyer and a mediator. Mm -hmm. um, they sometimes think that I can, you know, wear two hats. Uh, but I can't, I, I put one hat on or the other. So when I'm a mediator, I'm neutral. Um, so it's not like with a lawyer, I have one client, I work for that client and I try to get the best deal for that client. Hmm. But when I'm a mediator, I'm neutral. So I'm not uh, taking any sides and I'm trying to get people to meet somewhere in the middle um, and, um, to have a result uh, that's best for both, really. Right, right. So, so the so the either spouses don't sign an agreement that they're going to stick to this. Like I know we've talked a lot about collaborative law mm. and the collaborative in the collaborative law process, they all say yes, we will. We agree to the terms and conditions of this collaborative law process. Yes. And if you decide not to proceed with it because it gets it becomes adversarial, then nobody involved in the collaborative process can continue. Yes. So yes. in the mediation process, is that is that is there like I know you said you signed a, an agreement, there is a kind of a little contract, but is that type of thing included as well? Do you go no, from mediation that, to adversarial? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's different. So in the collaborative process, yes, there's a clause in there that says, so should either party want to go to court, then we're out. Right. So, and the lawyers sign that agreement. So it's binding on the lawyers and the parties. So then basically the parties have to get two new lawyers and start from scratch. Right. So that puts a lot of incentive on trying to resolve the matter in the process. Right. But with mediation, no, we don't have that that okay. kind of clause in it's there. It's a little looser, a little looser agreement. Yeah. So it's yeah. a little looser, but one of the things that um, a lot of people don't realize when they don't do this sort of, um, whether it's mediation or collaborative law, with these collaborative law and mediation, with these processes, I call them non-traditional processes. There's a lot of screening that happens 
uh, before mm -hmm. anybody signs anything. So we screen people to see, and I, I also analyze, there's about five processes in family law. So um, I analyze with the clients from the get-go, the personalities of uh, the parties, the personalities of the lawyers, um, and where we're going to be, uh, which process is going to be better suited. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of screening. So we're, what we're trying to do is make sure that the people are in the right process to begin with. And with traditional law, you don't have that. Uh, you get a client, you start a court application, you go to court, and that's it. But even when I was doing traditional, I was still putting a non-traditional spin to it. Hmm. I screened everybody. So yeah, I have a five-page um, intake that clients fill out. And just with the intake, um, looking at the intake, I can tell a lot from a client without even meeting them. And hmm. also, I screen for um, domestic assault, domestic right. abuse, domestic uh, violence. Mm -hmm. um, so all those things, and I screen, I don't care which process you're going to do, I screen yeah. um, for That's all important. that stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, I think it's important. And it, it comes from the non-traditional. But I think personally, I think it's good to also put it in the traditional um, to screen to make sure your clients and when clients um, talk to me, the first thing I talk about, I don't, they want to talk about their story, but I say, look, um, we're first, we're going to look at the processes because if you decide that you would like me, um, if you decide that you want to retain me as a mediator, then I can't, I have to remain neutral. So don't tell me any of the facts. These are all the different processes. What do you think? What would your spouse like? But as soon as I get the feeling that, or they, they might tell me right off the bat, mediation is the one. So then I would have a call with both clients and yeah. explain the process. How long does the mediation process generally take? It, it depends. Um, some of them can be done within a few months, within a couple of months, but it depends one thing that's really telling is the pensions. So one of the first things I ask about is pensions. So if they have pensions under federal legislation, like the federal government pensions, um, they can take just a couple of weeks to get an appraisal um, or a sorry, evaluation. But if it's under uh, provincial law, then the pension administrator has up to two months to give you the valuation. So you know that you won't be able to finish the financial piece without that. Right. So, and that's one of the first things that I ask in the beginning. So, and also I get people ready um, to either send things to the pension administrator, um, their forms, or um, if it's a federal one, um, I usually send it to the actuary. So that's one element. But also another element, I have quite a few uh, mediations now where there's companies. So if you need a valuation of the company, then that can take, it depends on the expert, right? It can take oh, quite a like bit. Like Rick Evans. 
Yep. Like a, B- a, a, a business evaluator. Yeah, business yeah. evaluator. Yeah, a yeah. certified business evaluator. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we have one of those in DivorceNet. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. I, I met him a long time ago, but I want to reconnect with him. Yeah, we need to get him. I want to get Guy Martel into the, into the group. Oh. I, 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 he probably won't join because he's so busy to begin with. So he yeah. doesn't really, you know, doesn't need any more business, yeah. but he's, he's a very smart actuary. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. smart, but what I like is that he's very down to earth and he has, um, he can take complex things and make them simple, simplify things and explain things so that, because sometimes I work with some experts where I don't really understand what they're talking about or they, so I think, geez, if I don't understand, how are my clients going to understand? Yeah. And, you know, and I want to say to them and and I say to them, you know, explain this to me like I'm a three-year-old. Right. So, you know, well, we all, we all know our own wheelhouses, right? Like I'm an expert in what I do. You're an expert in what you do. We're all experts in in what we do. But for me to understand, like I understand pretty good most of the things we talk about, there's still things I go, really? Or I'm like, can you explain that again? Because I don't understand it, you know? So people need to realize that you need to speak in layman's terms sometimes. Yes, and and that's what plain English, plain French, when I do mediation or collaborative law whatever i do it's always plain french plain english same thing with the agreements yes no if the client doesn't understand the agreement yeah the terms well how how can they sign it right Right. yeah yeah i think that's really really important um i think that we are at the end of our time and we didn't actually even get uh to the next uh, the, the topic we actually had sort of set out for ourselves. So we will have you back on the show and we would love to speak to you. One of the topics we really wanted to talk about was spousal support. And yeah. we have talked about it before, but I think we'll have you back on for another yeah. show. Yeah. And uh, so thank you so much, Natalie, for, for being on with us today. You can find Natalie is also a member of DivorceNet. So you can find her information directly on our website at divorcenet.ca. And thank you again. You are a wealth of knowledge and I love your spirit and your, what was the word? Principles? Values. Your values. Your values. <laughs> so uh, Darren, you want to take it away? Sure. Well, from there, if you want to get a hold of Natalie, obviously on her site, uh, Alt Divorce and all the other professionals on uh, divorcenet.ca. I'm going to say to everyone, take care of yourselves, get organized, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on divorce. You can find this and other great advice from divorce professionals at divorcenet.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week. Divorcenet.ca. Clear and simple divorce advice from trusted local professionals.